0: Welcome back to the Power Hour podcast. So today's episode is a message from me and it's all about confidence and building confidence, the keys to confidence and the practical steps that we can take to do that. Welcome to the Power Hour, the weekly podcast that will motivate you to pursue your passion and to achieve success. I'm Adrienne Herbert, international speaker, fitness coach, Adidas Global Ambassador and Entrepreneur. Each week, I'll be talking to today's leading coaches, creatives, change makers, and innovators to find out their daily habits, morning routines, and rules to live by. The Power Hour is all about taking just one hour each day to help you improve your life and unlock your full potential. Whether you want to build a business, write a book, run a marathon, or maybe you're just looking for a spark of inspiration, The Power Hour is going to help you get there faster. Starting a new year, often people have a long list of things that they want to achieve, things that they want to, places they want to go, books they want to read, people they want to meet. And I truly believe that we need the confidence to be able to action these things. You know, it's great to create a list of dreams or wishes or goals or aspirations, but we need self-belief and confidence to be able to execute on those dreams, to be able to make them a reality. So often when people talk about confidence they will you know there's a lot of okay be more confident do this do that but what is confidence and how can we cultivate more of it confidence is not something that you are simply born with or born without it's not a personality trait like being an introvert or an extrovert you can be a very confident introvert and equally you can be a very unconfident extrovert. So, I think firstly, believing that confidence is something you can get more of and it's like a muscle, it's something that you can flex, you can train, you can practice with anything. Practice is the key. So, how can we practice confidence? You need to put ourselves into situations and into environments that challenge us so that every time we step into that place, we practice what that feels like, therefore, with repetition, we become more confident because we know we've done it before. We're giving ourselves some proof to say this is something I've done. It didn't feel great. I was nervous. I was afraid. It doesn't, confidence doesn't eliminate human emotion. It doesn't make us not feel slightly anxious the moment before we step onto the stage it doesn't make us feel fearless those emotions are still there but we manage to still achieve we manage to still step out and do what we want to do and deliver it in a way that we are that we feel confident and that we can look back and say okay i've done that once i can do it again and every single time i can improve A practical step, something that I listened to last week, I listened to a book on Audible called The Alter Ego by Todd Herman. Now, Todd Herman is an incredible coach. He works with elite sports athletes in America. He is an incredible speaker. And he just basically, he's very good at defining practical tools and exercises, which I'm all about that. You know, it's great to listen to someone talk about confidence or about motivation or about habits and success, but actually I'm all about action. I'm about what can we implement? What's an action that I can do today, a physical thing that's going to help me to get there? So he's great at that. And basically the thing that he talked about with the alter ego it's something I've definitely heard of before, the concept of, you know, creating an alter ego for yourself, act as if, pretend that you, you know, you are the person that you want to be and all of that. But what he does is he really outlines the science behind and the psychology behind why this works and how powerful it can be. So if you are someone who listens to even the sound of the alter ego and just thinks, no way, like it's not for me and it doesn't work for you, I would say be open minded. And so some examples that he shares, one, a really, really great one, I think, for women. He talks about Beyonce and we, I'm sure you're aware of Beyonce's alter ego, which was Sasha Fierce. So when Beyonce created Sasha Fierce, she was at a time in her career where she was having incredible success. But Beyonce, that is her actual name. So, you know, she was born, she grew up as a child, she was a teenager, that was her name. That is who she is. So when you become a global superstar and then Beyonce becomes a brand, a commodity, a maybe pop icon, sex icon, whatever you want to call it, that is still her and her identity. And so she needed to have something else who could become, I guess, the, you know, the the dominant, uh, sexual, positive, uh, powerful, like, you know, just amazing powerhouse that Beyonce is when she performs on stage, but still be able to come off stage and be herself her true self her you know whether it's her as a mother or a sister or a friend or a wife she's still Beyonce so she created Sasha Fierce and Sasha Fierce was the persona that she wanted to be able to be on stage when she put on a costume when she struts down in those heels but she is not that person all of the time so he, he gives that example and he talks about kind of the the pros and cons of doing that and how it worked so well for her and how actually Lots of performers, lots of artists, lots of athletes have these alter egos, but they don't necessarily talk about them because it's a personal thing that only they need to know. But whereas she shared it, you know, she was very open about it and she kind of I think she received Good and bad for for sharing that. You know, a lot of her fan base at the time was like, why is she having to create this like other person? You know, can't she just, you know, embody and, and live the message that she's telling us to live as being a confident woman? But it worked for her. She was honest and open about sharing that. And, you know, it's a great example of how even someone as amazing and talented and confident and incredible as her, she still needed a tool, something to be able to put on what she needed to put on, whether it's a costume, whether it's a a uniform and an armour, essentially, to deliver what she needed to do. And then another example that he gives, which for anyone who's, you know, into superheroes and, you know, Marvel and Avengers and stuff, they will really, I guess, relate to this. And it is the Superman example and the fact that people saw the Clark Kent character, you know, where he's wearing the glasses. And then when he takes off the glasses and takes off the jacket and rips open the shirt to reveal the Superman S on the chest, he becomes Superman. When actually Superman was never the alter ego. Superman was never the the character, the pretend. Superman was always Superman. And actually Clark Kent was the alter ego because he had to, I guess, create a, an alter ego that meant that he could walk around in society, have relationships, engage with people, so he became Clark Kent and actually Clark Kent is the alter ego. So the reason I like that example is because it's not saying create something amazing that you want to become. You already have what you want to become inside of you already, it already exists. It's more about bringing that out to the surface and I guess navigating which one you need to be and when. So it kind of, I guess, can be a bit complicated when people think, well, okay, is this false? Is it inauthentic? Is it pretend? And we have, you know, as humans, we have this in our brains. that If something is pretend, we know it's not real. So saying to somebody, okay, when you wear these glasses, for example, you are going to act more confident. You're going to, you know, pretend to be this person. The reason that doesn't always work is because of the word pretend. You know that it's, you're pretending and you know that whole fake it till you make it. It's like you're acting as if. If, and it's not real. And we understand that. So our brains understand it. So therefore, it doesn't work. However, if you decide, okay, I'm going to create an alter ego. And that person is everything that I know deep down inside I can be and I can become. Who is that person? Maybe you create a name for them. What do they look like how do they interact with others how do other people respond to that person when they walk into the room how do they react in different situations who is that person and really really go deep on the detail and then you need uh, something a symbol that reminds you when you who that person is so it could be as I said, a pair of glasses, it could be a bracelet, it could be a tattoo, it could be anything that you can physically see on your body to remind you, okay, in this situation, I want to be perceived in this way, I want to deliver and and behave in this way, and I'm going to act in this way. And it's not about saying I'm going to act in this way until I become that person. It's saying that person's already there inside, but it's bringing it to the surface, and the final example that I want to share is about, again, the psychology of how this stuff works. So we all know that sometimes, you know, what you wear can affect how you feel, especially for me. Like I feel that a lot, you know, if I'm going into somewhere and I'm, I don't know, wearing like baggy jeans and wearing like trainers and I feel, I don't know, just relaxed. And, and you go into some an environment that's very formal, you suddenly are very aware that you're wearing baggy jeans and trainers and you might feel very kind of like out of place and uncomfortable or scruffy or whatever. And equally the other way around. You can feel great when you know that like, you know, you've you've turned out, you are dressed up, you look and feel, you know, impacts the way we feel. So this is something that has been, there's lots of evidence to suggest that we feel a different way when we dress a different way, for example, with uniforms. So there's a lot of psychology around this, about doctors in white coats, um, around people in uniform like the police or the military, and not just the way that they act and feel, but the way that other people interact with someone when they see someone wearing a uniform. Because we have inherently all these different things going on in our brains when we see a uniform or when we wear one. So this great example that Todd Herman talks about in the book is with children. And they have, it's like a a study on kids and they have three different groups of children and they give them loads of keys and loads of padlocks and they put them into the group and say, great, you need to unlock all of these different padlocks, figure out which key unlocks the padlocks. And they give them a certain amount of time and they leave them to it and they watch and observe. So the interesting thing about the three groups is the first group are told to just go ahead, get on with it the second group were told to pretend and to act as if they were their favorite superhero or you know character that they admire and look up to so for example like pretend that you're batman and he's got to unlock these these padlocks or pretend that you are dora the explorer and then the third group are told to pretend that they are this character and they're given costumes to dress up and pretend that they are the character as well so the first group acting as themselves they had the the least amount of positive self-talk and they gave up on the task the fastest because the part of it that I should have mentioned is that actually none of the locks actually worked. The keys and the padlocks didn't match. So the first group gave up the quickest. They said, I can't do it. I can't figure it out. They had negative self-talk using the word I. I cannot do this. I'm, I don't know how. I need help. The second group, who were told to pretend, they actually lasted longer in the challenge, they, they persevered more, and they had much more positive self-talk. So they said, you know, by pretending that they were this character, they could say, oh, Batman doesn't give up, Batman can figure it out, or, you know, Dora the Explorer is so smart, she can do this, I can do this. And they had this positive talk, as well as lasting longer and being more resilient. And then the third group who had the costumes, you can see the pattern here, they lasted a lot longer. They didn't give up on the challenge. Again, they had the positive self-talk. They were, you know, in the character. They believed that they could definitely figure it out because they were wearing the clothes. They were acting as if they were being that person. So even at a very fundamental, you know, young age and of where we're developing our own confidence or our, our, narrative of self and who we are, we can see how powerful it is to pretend or or to have a costume or to dress in a certain way or to to have things that impact our confidence far more than you perhaps would, would believe, especially at the age of five, six, seven. And this continues through into adulthood. So with that in mind, firstly, I'd recommend the book. You know, I just I listened to it and thought this is amazing. He, he's so articulate and wonderful at delivering the psychology behind that. And I am fascinated by it. So definitely recommend listening to that. But secondly, you know, think about how you could do that for yourself. If confidence is something that you personally want to work on, you don't have to just accept that, you know what? you know, I'm I'm not that confident and, you know, trying these positive affirmations maybe hasn't worked, or, you know, acting as if hasn't worked, fake it till you make it hasn't worked. Maybe consider this as a practical tool this week, going into the new year and think, okay, I'm gonna create this person, this persona that's still me. But it's the person that you, maybe let's call it your future self. It's the future you. It's the you that you want to be, acting the way you want to act, reacting the way you want to react, interacting with others and being treated the way you wish to be. And creating a self and a life that you love and that empowers you to yeah really unlock what you have inside. You already have it inside. It's not something new outside of yourself that you need to go out and find. You have it. You have it. I trust me. It's there. You just need to figure out a way to bring it to the surface and to fully embody it. So give that a go this week. Maybe write it down. You know, you don't have to share it with anyone. You might feel embarrassed. You might feel like it's silly to say, oh, gosh, like every time I put on this ring, it's going to remind me that actually I am this person. Who cares if it's silly? Who cares if you even feel silly yourself when you do it? I don't care. Like no one needs to know because essentially if it works and if it helps you, and builds your confidence and puts you in a state, a mental state where you can be the person that you want to be and deliver then who cares I do not give a damn like I don't feel silly and I think it really the proof is there it works so give it a go you know build that create it maybe write down a list of 10 things of description really like detailed description of what that person what it looks like who it is name it all of that and yeah give it a go so yeah I really hope that's a useful tool for you to start thinking about building your own confidence as I said at the start it's I I like action i like things that you can try practical tools so hopefully that's useful and i hope that you enjoyed that little mini episode from me all about boosting self-confidence have a fantastic week thanks again for listening to the show see ya